0: to amplify the revolution her podcast dedicated to uplifting empowering and amplifying women's voices globally
1: Community is a powerful collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her.
0: And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about protecting your mental wellness with Dr. Shayna Alley.
1: Now, Dr. Shayna is a mental health counselor, educator, advocate, and author of the Self-Love Workbook series and the newly released Designing Healthy Boundaries. She's passionate about destigmatizing mental health counseling and helping individuals worldwide recognize the importance of fostering mental wellness. Dr. Shayna is a licensed mental health counselor, a nationally certified clinician, and an approved clinical supervisor. When she's not working, you can find her filling her cup, bonding with family and friends, practicing yoga, exercising, learning new lessons, and traveling the globe. We are extremely excited to talk about boundaries and protecting our mental health. Please help us welcome Dr. Shayna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today about such important topics. <laughs> Yes. Thank you for being here. Oh, honestly, just the word boundaries and mental wellness. We are ready to dive in. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking the average listener
2: is probably hearing those and like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, we, yeah. Who couldn't, who couldn't use a up. little bit of, <laughs> you know, but without a little bit of a warning, like sometimes it gets a little hard, right? So pace yourself through this episode. We're going to go through it in a really informative and lighthearted way, but you know,
1: pace yourself. It's okay to pause and come back. Right. I like
2: Absolutely. that.
0: Absolutely. Oh.
1: And with that, okay, we're going to dive right in because (laughs) it's such an important topic. You know, women really have a lot to learn around this area and protecting our mental health really is everything about our own well-being. So as we dive in, I want to start right at the very beginning and ask you how you became a mental health advocate. What led you to where you are on this path?
2: Yeah. And just like how you were mentioning, it starts with our own well-being. That is where my story begins. I definitely, if we go back in time a few decades, I would have not been able to peg that I'd become a mental health advocate for today. But as I sit here, I couldn't imagine it panning out any other way. It starts with my journey that I realized that I was struggling with anxiety. And I didn't realize until I was a thorough decade, at least into living with anxiety, that I realized how problematic that it was. So it came from my own strife and trying to find a provider and trying to find a provider that was helpful and connected and genuine and supportive mm-hmm. and and understood all the different aspects of my identity or at least made space for that. you know, being a woman, being a minority woman, being having multiple minority identities, being a first generation student at the time, you know, there were so many aspects of there that were contributing to my anxiety and I didn't realize it. So mm-hmm. if we fast forward from there, once I started to heal through my anxiety and realize, you know, I just run a little anxious. That's, yeah. that's how it's always kind of going to be. So what does that mean for me? It means making sure that I value my mental health to realize how important it is for my overall well-being. And once I made that shift, it was pretty a swift journey from there to becoming yeah. a mental health counselor and realizing, well, I don't I don't know if that's it for me. I need to do more than that. And I became a mental health educator. And in that time, while I felt really excited about teaching classes to graduate level, you know, potential counselors, and I still love that today, I kind of felt like I was preaching to the choir, you know, like my, my, my captive audience where people were like, yeah, I know mental health is important. Yet I realized that my loved ones, my neighbors, friends, strangers all had this huge mental health awareness gap. And that was when I shifted more towards mental health advocacy, is using my personal experience, my clinical experience, my educational experience to make mental health more accessible and understandable for people, regardless of whether you're a student or not. Just like everyone listening, pretty much, we all could use some mental health education, right?
0: Yeah, that is so true. And I, I love how you mentioned it really does. Mental wellness is really about protecting our well being. And, um, and it's important, important that we do that. So, do you have any tips for someone who maybe is struggling right now, how they can protect their well being?
2: I know. And this word struggling is a good one because that's often how I mention it. And, and in every disclaimer I have, is, you know, if you're struggling, that's a whole other area. It's one thing to listen to these tips that we all need, and struggling is the whole other aspect of that. And that the biggest tip I can say is, don't hesitate to seek professional help. I know there's a lot of stigma in the way that we've been really intimidated by the process of seeking professional help, but I know my colleagues, past students, there are a lot of really wonderful providers who are trained to help you through that struggle so you don't have to go through it alone. Sometimes going to our loved ones or going to someone else might feel like it's helpful in that journey, but the truth is so many of us are struggling with mental health education and awareness that they may need well, but they may not have the tools to be able to equip us in our moments of struggle. So, the biggest thing I could say is there's no harm in going to find a provider. Uh, you know, I think the, bet, the best case scenario, go in, it's a few sessions and you already are equipped with what you need. But also, if it's a bigger struggle than that, then you finally have someone who's informed, genuine, and able to help you in your journey.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I, yeah, because a lot of times we talk about, you know, just you need to talk to someone. And I think, you know, obviously there's truth in that, but the idea that you have to talk to someone who can actually help you along the way and give you the right tools and advice, I think that's a really big key that is sometimes overlooked. Right. So yeah.
0: I love Which, that you, share yeah. That. And actually, just before you go into the next question, I just want to add to that because for a lot of people, we want to be able to support our friends and family that maybe are struggling and are looking Mm -hmm. for support and sometimes we feel we have to take that on ourselves um a lot of us maybe we don't have the training or the expertise in order to deal with that Mm -hmm. um so any tips for maybe that for the person on the other end maybe that's Um, I'm so glad you
2: asked that because the truth is, and when we're talking about deep struggles too, if we go to the far end of the spectrum, someone's not equipped to even see how in deep they are to even think about asking for help. And that's why, you know, you asked me about my journey and being a mental health advocate. I'm hoping that every listener kind of ends this episode thinking I can advocate for mental health because all it takes is realizing that mental health is important to me mental health is important to my loved ones. If we catch things earlier, we can live happier, healthier lives. Who doesn't want a little bit of that? And part of being a mental health advocate is knowing for yourself what some signs could be. And you know, for the effort of time, some of the general signs are seeing someone who does not look like the best version of themselves, whatever that might mean, right? So they're not performing in their regular being. They're not as Happy or productive as they usually are, racing thoughts, thoughts about that sound like they're hopeless, helpless. Like these are some warning signs to look for. And it is a lot for us to look for it ourselves too. But even being willing to have these conversations with people about mental health. And again, specifically mental wellness, because I do think there is a distinction, having conversations about mental wellness, talking about what you did today for your mental health and mental well-being, right? Like these are empowering ways to bridge that conversation and show to your loved ones, whether it's your partners, your children, your friends, your coworkers, I'm here as a pillar of support. And even if it means, I think everyone should know uh, how to find a provider or methods of how to find a provider. And even if you don't, don't know that right now, being willing to sit with someone and say, let's help you look for a provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too.
1: That's a big piece, right? Mm-hmm. Just knowing where to go next. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna shift a tiny bit because This okay, first of all, you wrote a whole book about this, which is incredible. Designing (laughs) healthy boundaries. Okay. I am a proclaimed not a yes person, but I'm definitely a people pleaser. And so the boundaries thing is a real big deal in my world, anyways. It's it's really hard. So I'm really excited to learn more about this book. I'd love if you can share what your definition of boundaries is and why boundaries are so important, especially well, for everyone, but especially for any women who are listening. The most succinct
2: way that I can put it is that boundaries are limits to protect ourselves and others. And I want listeners to just take a moment and sit with that thought. And also think back to what is the definition that was running through your mind when that question was asked? You know, like does that match with that definition? And I'm not saying that my definition has to work for everyone, but usually we see boundaries, especially if we are yes people, people pleasers, trying to be the superwoman for everyone in our lives and show them how much we love them it's boundaries can seem like, oh, they're rude. They're mean, they're defensive. I don't have them. I don't want them. I don't know. I just, I don't even know where to start. Right. It can be really intimidating, but if we come back to thinking about wellness and I do ascribe to a more integrated model of wellness, I'm sure it's no surprise that I definitely believe mental health is an important part of wellness. We can't deny that physical health is important, But there's other aspects of our well-being too, our occupational health, our social health, et cetera, et cetera. And usually this formula is slightly different from person to person. It's not the exact same. But if we want to be well- then we need some of those parameters to make sure that we're well. And that's just one angle that I pose in the book of how to start with that. But if we think about it just even like that, it helps us to understand why they're important, right? Because without the boundaries, then that means that we're kind of doling out our well-being, and it's more happenstance and chance instead of realizing the power that we have in cultivating our overall wellness,
1: Hmm. I, I like that. The, that. the idea that there is power there because it's true, right? When you set boundaries and you kind of say, look, this is X, Y, and Z that I'm not going to be too flexible on. It does give you this sense of power. Like, Ooh, someone's listening to what I just told them I want and need. Um, yeah. it is power.
2: Yeah, And I think a lot of times we think about it when we hear the word power, I know some people might be like, "Oof." I don't want to have power over people. You know, it doesn't feel good to me. I want to be on the same plane. And, you know, I think sometimes we think about power in a bad way. And I just want to highlight a little bit of that, especially when it comes into boundaries, right? Now I'm leaving you out of my life or I'm not giving you access here. And a lot of us, you know, that that kind of makes us like tinge in our heart. Like, no, 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 come into my heart. I want to be with you. I want to be, (laughs) I'm not trying to exclude you or isolate you in any way. And I think one of the really important reasons I was drawn to create the book, there are a variety of reasons, (laughs) but one really important one that stands out for me as we explore this is that I was seeing people always create boundaries out of defense. Mm. By that, like something would go wrong and then you realize alert something. Now I need to quickly get all my materials and just jimmy rig this thing real fast. Like how can I build something Wasn't thorough, wasn't intentional, and it was more haphazard and reactive, and also quite defensive and mean, right? So it was forceful. Whereas, when I I know, at least in my personal journey with boundaries and especially working with clients and students, I've realized that boundaries can be cultivated with love. And I'm not sure the average person sees boundaries that way. So if we talk about untapped power, seeing boundaries as possible in terms of being a bridge to better love ourselves and others that's a pretty for me was a life changing thought that made yeah. boundary creation much easier and
0: healthier and i love that and i you talk about that in the book incorporating self love into building boundaries so why is why is that so important why is self love important for setting those boundaries
2: yeah, and I think to convey this, I have to take you through a little bit of like the timeline of my approach. So I appreciated that you gave me gave me an opportunity to talk a little about my mental wellness journey. And in that journey, one of the key things that got me out of living with chronic anxiety every day and feeling pretty much fight or flight every single day was turning towards the journey of self love, which at the time was just kind of a phrase I heard about. And when you know people would say, "Well, you have to love yourself," you have to love yourself. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm gonna open my mind up to that. Now, now what? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I want to agree with you, but what do I do? And I struggled. I struggled to find help of like, okay, I want to, I want to love myself. I see how that could help me. If I love myself, then I know that, know, know that I'm worth being cared for, not just from others, but for myself. So I'll cultivate my well being. I, I could see how that would work, but I had no resources. And there are a lot of wonderful books about the concept of self love, but I was missing something practical. And that's where the first book came from the self love workbook. Mm-hmm. And in that book, there are seven segments that I believe help us make self love practical. It's not just like, oh, just love yourself, you know, there are different dimensions. One of those dimensions is self-respect. So even thinking about that is that you could see how self-respect gives us an opportunity to set limits for ourselves and with ourselves in addition to with other people in order to respect and love and care for ourselves. So in the beginning of my self-love journey and after making that workbook i was like okay that's enough that makes sense right you got what i mean everybody self-respect it clicks a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> and then i realized okay there's more work to do there right like we're still i think as a society struggling with boundaries so okay we we have this premise but there is this connection between self love and boundaries, because when we recognize that we're worthy, and we want to enact that and infuse it into our lives, one of the ways to do that is by creating healthy boundaries. When we create healthy boundaries, we are saying that we are worthy. (laughs) So then it kind of is this nice symbiotic relationship that, you know, they're so they, they really work
1: together. I love that. I love that. Just the synergy, like just the way it all came around full circle. And it's true, right? It's it's not something that you can just hear that phrase, self-care, self-love, all of that, and just go, oh, yeah. It's done. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? That would be nice, but it it's just not. It's not it doesn't realistic. work that way. <laughs> but it's ex, you know it's an experiment that we all have to go through to find the ways that make sense for us. And I love that you've kind of helped to share how that can come back full circle. It's very exciting work. So you've got your incredible books. You've you know we're helping people to make these boundaries to find self love, self care. On the flip side of this, as women, you know, we hear all the time that we're constantly taking care of others, helping others, putting each other, putting others first, not each other, but maybe sometimes um, we're always putting others before what we need. And so those boundaries can sometimes fall even after you've done the work because someone else comes first. Um, And a lot of times, it's this idea that it's selfish, or that it's going to generate conflict. And we just don't want to have that in our lives. Do you have any strategies that our listeners can tap into to kind of start to build that toolkit before it happens?
2: Absolutely. And if any listeners are feeling those words as you're saying them, I just want to say you're not alone. That is more commonly, I mean, you even said that Maria, right? Like yeah. that is more commonly our experience, especially as women. And I think that comes from the societal image and the gender roles that are prescribed mm-hmm. to women before we're born. Like that's even yeah. like... You're going to wear this color and do these things and behave, you know, all of these roles that are already given to us before we start to speak, right? Much less as grown adults. So there's a lot of pressures in that way. And I think a lot of that causes the formation of some really antiquated beliefs that we've held strong to over time, selfishness, right? So the notion that if we are giving to ourselves before giving to someone else, then that is selfish because then it means that you are taking from someone else Mm -hmm. and focusing on yourself and that you don't care for and love someone else. These are usually the assumptions that are associated with the concept of selfishness, specifically for women as especially women in maternal or leadership roles, right? Mm -hmm. With all of that being said, I think one of the biggest tips I can give everyone is to sit with the definitions that we started with around Self-love or what self-love means for you and the boundaries definition that I gave you earlier. A lot of times I want people to know for self-love, the definition is going to be different from person to person, and that's okay. I see self-love as the active practice of accepting, caring for, and encouraging yourself. That doesn't mean at the detriment of anyone else. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, when I see self-love, I actually don't see it as you have to put yourself first Every single time. I think that would go against the fiber of many women's beings. Just like that just (laughs) that just doesn't go well. And that's okay. And I don't think that we should shame women for saying, well, I I really do want to put my child first and my partner first or my work first right now and not necessarily me. All I am saying is that we don't fall into Mm self-neglect. So with self-love, I want you to care for yourself encourage yourself and respect yourself in the same way you give to people you love and care for dearly. And it's usually that that kind of harpoons people's minds as like, wait a second, okay, that is different, right? Because maybe I don't want to put myself first, because that feels, you know, inherently wrong in some ways. And okay, then fine, don't do that treat yourself the same way you do your toddler or your spouse or your neighbor. And you see sometimes it's hard to hold yourself accountable to that, right? Many times we are much more gracious and caring to others than we are to ourselves. Yeah. So that's the first step for self-love. And then boundaries. Remember we were talking about boundaries that it can actually be a conduit of love. Mm-hmm. So setting a boundary with someone else, even though it might be like, Oh no, no, Well, what if you see boundaries as an opportunity for you to share with someone how you can better be loved and cared for? don't you think people who love you want to know that, right? So people who are healthy actually are pretty eager to learn your boundaries. There may be some discomfort at first because of all of the muck we carry with what boundaries are. But I know for myself personally, there've been a lot of times, especially even within this past year that I've expressed boundaries. And on both sides, I've had people say, well, thank you for telling me that because I didn't know. And now I can now I can do better as a friend or a loved one, what have you. And I know I've been expressing that gratitude. Thank you for sharing that with me. Cause now I can better love and care for you too. So it's not a, an, an either or situation, you know, with that perspective of love, we, we all win. I like that. Yeah.
0: It's so important. I think, because I think it's the, it's the mindset, the way we look at boundaries, like that's, that's,
1: like a dirty word almost. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It does. It feels like harsh and like walls boundaries. You think of these like things closing you off, but I love that your perspective is, is more about opening and showing this is what's going to make life better for me and you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think
2: with that, you know, a small asterisk there that is important and we do get to it in the book of there might be some people listening and saying, well, some people I need the walls with, like, don't you dare give me this (laughs) definition that says I need to love this person. And I no, 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 I built that wall there and I need that there. And I'm not denying that. Mm
0: -hmm. What I'm
2: saying is that there's a lot of opportunity to better love ourselves and others through Mm -hmm. the method of boundaries and like any situation, there's nothing that can be generalized to every single case. There are cases, especially with safety, violence, danger, anything within that realm, that of course, we're not trying to love someone else through that boundary. But that's where the self-love comes back in again. Because in the times that we cannot, even when we want to, love someone through the boundary we're creating with them, and we don't love the boundary we're creating. Like, I don't like that. I have to set this firm thing because you are imposing harm to my life. Like, I don't even like that. I have to do this. Yes. That's why we have to come back to the self-love because you might not be able to love that other person, but you need to heal through that process of what you had to build and all that hard work and effort that you poured into that. Mm. So it comes right back to self-love no matter what.
0: God, there's so many great takeaways from this. Like, I'm just like, yes. my head is spinning. <laughs> okay. In, in, in the essence of time and, and making sure that we cover everything, I'd love to um, help those listeners out there that are looking to protect their mental wellness with boundaries. And mm-hmm. you d- but what would be the first step for someone wanting to be able to do this? Mm. Where do they start? yeah i know you talk so, about the self-love so I, I but really more like we've decided that i need some boundaries yeah. where do i start in terms of implementing that and do, looking well, to I set think, the right boundaries so are you talking about the next
2: step after you know you have the boundary you need yeah. or finding
0: where you need the boundary i guess really oh. i would if, it, if <laughs> I, I can f-
1: <laughs> yeah. For me, I, okay. Where do I start if I want to create a boundary yeah. and I'm, I'm terrified okay. to do it.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So know that
2: we are skipping a few steps in the process so for everyone to know that, because then it's like, oh, I don't even know where to set the boundary. There's a whole bunch of stuff to go into there. So I'm going to fast forward to the process of, I know I need to set this boundary. What do I do? Okay. Regardless of it's the boundary, let's use for this hypothetical that it's a boundary with someone else. Okay, Because I think most of the time, that's what we're thinking about when we're thinking about boundaries, right? Is that it's a boundary I need to set with someone else. So let's say I'm going to just create something. It's the way someone is, um, they're calling you too much, right? Someone is calling you too much at any odd hour of the day, five o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m., all the things, right? So let's say you decide I need to set some sort of boundary there. Okay, before you focus on the obvious thing, which is the boundary that is external, the boundary with another person, come back to your inner foundation, which is the core of your self-love to understand what your parameters are for that boundary personally. So what I mean by that, you think, well, I'm not going to call myself at five o'clock in the morning. So what are you talking about there, right? No, no, no. Extract that a little bit further. What is being overstepped in that case, right? So is it someone thinking that you're accessible all the time? Is it about the time? Is it about the fact that they know what you're doing at that time and how important sleep or work or whatever else you're doing at these given times that they're calling and they're bypassing that? When you know what is being overstepped, and you have to come back to your core first and foremost to say, "What am I doing to protect that for my personal well-being?" So, in this hypothetical, right? If this is the type of person who is uh, available, calls other people at any other time of the day, and isn't is known to not sleep really well and be an insomniac, and you know, be on social media and messaging people left and right, all these things, then wait a second, then you might be holding someone to a higher standard than yourself. So first, let's think about is someone stepping over a boundary? Okay. Are you stepping over that same boundary too, or iterations of that boundary personally? So that's something to think about if we know we have the boundary or the need for the boundary and it's that backwards way that can start to get confusing sometimes and that's why i encourage people to start the opposite way around is before you even think about anyone else in the boundary setting process come into yourself know think about and reflect on your well-being what makes you happy how what you value in life how you find balance in life all of these thoughts can help you know where you need boundaries personally And that sets that firm foundation for you to then create boundaries with other people, whether it's
1: your loved ones, colleagues, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Well, and just even taking that example that you mentioned, right? It's it, we have control whether we realize it or not. And that can be a boundary in itself. You can have someone texting you and calling you at all weird hours of whatever day it is. But you have the control to say, well, I'm not going to respond or I'm going to hold off on my response until it's appropriate for me. Um, and it can be hard to do, but I think that's an important part to say, too. That can Just that and alone in itself is a boundary that you may or may not realize you're setting.
2: Absolutely. And there's it's empowering to come back to yourself at the end of the day because again, even if that person is, say you do fast forward, you set that boundary with person, it's clear, and they're continuing to push on it. Well, then it's coming back to well, I am still enforcing this boundary by putting my do not disturb on, turning my phone off. You know, there's other ways that you can at least maintain some level of management and feel a sense of equilibrium, even when someone is pushing on your boundary. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I can really see now, actually, you using that example, how a lot of boundaries are set in that reactive mm-hmm. environment rather than really thinking about having those boundaries before you set out.
2: Yeah. And Grace, you know, I, even when you think about that, I, I, a lot of boundaries can become a little hypocritical, Right. Is, yeah. And again, I think about we want people to abide by these boundaries, but when we self-reflect, sometimes that's harder, right? It, in some ways, it's easier to set the boundary with someone else and 50-50, maybe they, they deal with it or not. And then it makes it easier for you. But sometimes we use boundaries with other people as like these makeshift anchors to have better boundaries with ourselves. And, you know, that's just faulty at the end of the day. You know, maybe, I mean, I just think about that hypothetical situation. If it's someone who is really trying to shift things around and change and value rest, so maybe they don't want to be called I don't Or let's say, think about it as a work situation. Just don't call me out of work hours. Right. Yeah, then, right. then are you calling anyone out of work hours? Are you <laughs> logged in and doing thing out of work hours? Right. Or okay. you got to hold yourself accountable first. Um, it's not to say that we're not worthy and deserving of people honoring our boundaries, but if we are so hyper-focused on other people honoring our boundaries versus ourselves, it's going to create that dynamic. That's going to make us feel off kilter.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh gosh. So, I think pretty much, you know, if we were to wrap this all up into one kind of statement, it is, holy smokes, you've done some incredible work and we need to go get your book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is so, so kind of you. You know, I, I really appreciate you exploring this with me in different avenues to help see how boundaries are really important. Because like you mentioned earlier, I think sometimes we think about like a dirty, nasty word. And I think I'm hoping to shift that paradigm that we see it in a different way. Boundaries can be loving, boundaries can can be collaborative, boundaries can be a way that you make equal power in yourself and others. It's just, there's so much untapped opportunity in the way that we do or do not see boundaries right now.
0: So if somebody's looking to get, to find out more about mental wellness, about, um, about boundaries, about self-love, where can they get that information from you? And they, they, they're loving what the content that you're sharing with us today. Where where else can they um find that information from you?
2: So if you want to reach out to me in general, you can reach out at drshayna.com. If you're on Instagram, you can find me at drshana. If you're curious, especially about like the mental wellness aspect of things, I encourage you to listen to my podcast, The Mental Wellness Practice. And then some of the books that we mentioned too, especially the two primary books that we mentioned were the Self-Love Workbook, that's available, where books are sold, and the new book, Designing Healthy Boundaries. If you are looking for... Self love help for a teen. There's also the teen version or a little one you're wanting to start that journey with them before, so they're not learning it as adults, like many of us have. There's also Luna Finds Love Everywhere, a self love book for kids.
0: Oh, my gosh. you a, a wealth of information! I love it, and you've been so great! So, thank you so much. Thank,
1: thank you for having go... me. We're not done yet. No, no. don't go anywhere yeah. yet. <laughs> we, uh We can't let anyone leave our podcast before we kind of grill them with our rapid fire questions, which we realized aren't so rapid sometimes, but <laughs> no, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a fun set of questions. We'd love, you know, you can go as deep or as quick as you would like, uh, but we just want to give everyone an opportunity to get to know you the way we have. So I'm going to kick things off with our first rapid fire question, which is... Whew. okay what tv show brings you all the feels right now
2: oh my goodness okay is... <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> I don't know if I'm laughing because I'm embarrassed or I have no idea anyway it's called the midwife which oh, I do See? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I could almost cry thinking about this sweet show. It's like one of the sweetest shows to ever exist. I started watching it in the pandemic. I started amplifying my binge watching when I was pregnant, and now just any time I'm needing like that soothing, like almost like maternal energy, like just sweetness with goodness. It's called The Midwife. Uh, I haven't watched that yet.
1: Okay, that's uh, on my list. It's, it's so sweet. It's just the sweetest thing ever. I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you what is your favorite food to make?
2: To make. Oh, I love that you asked to make and not to eat because it's a different answer. Oh, it's Um, completely. (laughs) That is so funny. I've never thought about that, but maybe it'll merge. Anyway because of that, I'll give you the bonus answer too. I okay. love to make pesto. Um, my son who turns two today, by the way,
0: he, lo-
2: <laughs> he loves to make his name is sage. So we, we call it sage sauce cause it's green yeah. and he loves to cook in the kitchen with me. And this is one of those things that we've made over time for about a year now. So now he's just like tossing in all the ingredients. It's just the cutest thing. So I love the bonding that I can yeah. get when I'm making it. I also just love pesto. So sneaky to put some spinach in there, and I get a lot of protein for for my little man who won't eat any animal meat. So um, I really love that. And my actual favorite food, because now I feel like I have to say, because now I feel like I'm, I'm I'm cheating on pizza. My favorite food is actually pizza, um, but I. I have yet to make a good pizza myself, so maybe I need to make a
0: pesto pizza
1: sometimes <laughs> too. Yeah, I was gonna say you've it got means, all the
0: ingredients. <laughs> it's, it's all about the memories that you're creating or the traditions, isn't it? When you're making food and the, and the feelings. So um, yeah, yeah. especially
2: because I'm I'm not a cook in any shape or like food is functional for me. So when I am <laughs> able to access that with him, that's probably yeah. why I enjoy it. I'm like. Oh, this is actually kind
1: of nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and happy birthday to Sage. That's yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, I'm up next. So I want you to think back to little Shana. What would little Shayna think about Dr. Shayna now and all that you've accomplished along the way?
2: Oh, what a sweet, sweet question. Giving me all the call the midwife feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she would truly be very inspired. I think she would be in awe of, um, she would be a little intimidated and confused. Right. But I think she would be just like, well, I don't know what, but I, I trust you. I see you. I believe you play with me, be with me, talk with me. Right. So I I think she
0: would like her a lot. Oh, what a (laughs) lovely answer. I like that. I love that. Okay. um, Which one should I go for? What is one tradition that you'd like to pass down to your children? You know, it's so... Intra- I don't have a simple answer for either any of these questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Well, it's interesting because the word tradition means something that has already been bestowed upon me that I want to create. And a lot of my journey actually in motherhood is realizing a lot of the traditions that I want to tweak, like shift and, you know, I, not being happy with some of the things that have been passed down or the way they've been passed down. And one thing, you know, again thinking about, especially on his birthday, we try to really have a connection. We're very lucky to have all four grandparents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was raised more in a way that was like lots of family time. But there wasn't this like equity amongst family members, you know, like the favoritism or who's better. And it creates this like competitive aspect that's ingrained in little ones that they can pick up on. And I think that causes a lot of disparities later on in life versus like we're family. We just love, we just love all together, come all together. And something that I've been trying to establish as a tradition is, you know, even for just the two sides of the family, but especially the grandparents is, come whenever you can all be here, come all together all the time. We're going to make it happen. Have all four of you together all the time. That's not necessarily, well, I didn't have the luxury or privilege of having that, but even just the family bonding on both sides and just thinking of like, well, Sage's family is all of that, right? So why would we divide
1: it in any way? So having that open access to family and letting people show up who want to show up. I like that. I like that. And it's interesting as families go on, you're going to take that's the best thing about traditions. You want to take bits that worked for you and you're going to make it your own. So I love that you're developing that. Thank you so much. All right. You have one last one. (laughs) And um, can you tell us actually where you're, where are you located right now? I'm in central Florida. Central Florida. Okay. So If we were to ask you, what is one of your favorite things to do locally? What would it be? Mm. Um, I worry I'll bore people, but this is
2: the truth. I just really love my local yoga studio. I really, really do. (laughs) I know that everyone has a yoga studio in their town. You know, it's it's not, it's ubiquitous in that way, but it is. I really love it because I'm telling you when I leave there, the grass is greener, the sky is more blue. (laughs) And it helps me enjoy just, just my neighborhood. You know, like I I really kind of go in there, you know, needing this like an adjustment. And when I come out of there, I'm more aligned, which offers me the ability to do these things. And yes, I know Disney and SeaWorld and Universal are here too. But (laughs) (laughs) yoga, yoga is just as important. It's okay. (laughs) got to tell you, I know that's probably a boring answer for people, but if anyone is coming to Orlando locally, I think have more fun at some of the things that are not as popular, like Lou Gardens, Mead Gardens, East End Market. Don't do mm-hmm. just the, the touristy things. The mouse is great, but you know, explore a little bit about Central Florida too.
1: I'm writing these down because I'm yeah. coming yeah. in two weeks. <laughs> oh. Perfect. (laughs) And can we give a shout out to your yoga studio? What's it called? Orlando Power Yoga. We
2: absolutely can give a shout out to them. They're amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. We're all about uplifting here. So let's give a shout out. Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. Shana, thank you so much. This was such an incredible talk. We're so thankful. I mean, you've taught me something for sure today, um, and steps that I can take. And I know for our listeners, we're hoping that, you know, you felt empowered and inspired by the tips that Dr. Shana shared. Do you want to give any last parting words before we sign off? Yes,
2: please. I just wanted to share my gratitude for the both of you to create this open space and open your hearts for me to be present today. I know what you're trying to accomplish with this podcast. I find it so empowering and I appreciate being able to talk about mental wellness and boundaries because it they are reser- reservoirs of Uh, power too. So thank you for that. And I thank the listeners for hanging in there. This is not always the easiest topic or these are not the easiest topics. So thank you for taking the time to hear about different paradigms of mental wellness so you can better care for yourself. And that will pour over into your loved ones too.
0: It's been so great having you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much.
1: Thank you so much. And you can obviously, for those who are listening, go learn more about Dr. Shana. We've got all the links uh, connected with this podcast episode. And we hope that you'll tune in again soon. Revolution Her is here to uplift, empower, and inspire women around the globe. So having you here with us, please feel free to share this episode if it gave you some inspiration so we can continue our mission of helping women around the world. Until we see you next time, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll talk again soon. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye.